is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources, and you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. And welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. It is very nearly the end of November. December is upon us. We're allowed to start talking about Advent and Christmas. I know some of you have been doing it for days, weeks, months already. But for the rest of us who are just catching up, uh, we're ready to join you. Now, if you haven't already seen, we've got a new Advent family devotional out Um, It is completely free and we are just making it available because we would love to equip you as parents and carers to get your Bibles open this Advent and, you know, direct us back to the reason for the season, get us thinking about Jesus and all those kind of things. But also um, just to help us when opening the Bible with our kids, we want to equip you so that you can look at any Bible passage and know what to do next, which is really hard, even as an adult, isn't it? Sometimes you open the Bible and think, okay, I've read it, now what? So um, you know us at Parenting for Faith, we don't create things just for the sake of it. We've always have been praying and thinking about how we can equip you, how we can invest in you. So we think this is really fun. Also, as we normally are, it's not prescriptive at all. It's for you to cut up, chop up, use the bits you like, throw out the bits you don't, adapt it in any way that works for your family. Um, But why not use it as a starting point? We hope that's really useful to you in December. But I'm going to hand it over now to Lucy, who's talking to Eric from Restored Lives about divorce. My guest today is Eric Kastenskjold. For over 20 years, Eric has run Restored Lives, a charity helping adults and children navigate the impact of divorce and separation. We'll be hearing more about what they do later in the episode. Eric has worshipped at Holy Trinity Brompton for over 30 years, where he serves on the PCC. In his spare time, Eric also manages to fit in a career, which is chartered accountancy. He's worked for Deloitte, amongst other corporations, and is currently the CFO of Domus Group, a medium-sized flooring business. Eric, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Hello, lovely to be in uh, with you and join with you. Eric, can you start off just by telling us more about Restored Lives and how you got involved? I got involved because uh, uh, a long time ago I uh, um, was married, uh, been married for about five years, um, uh, and um, and sadly we um, divorced. Um, it was a massive uh, issue for me. Uh, I was lost in body, mind and spirit um, and... Uh, it was tough. It was a tough journey. At that stage, um, there was a lovely guy called Christopher Compton uh, running a, a divorce uh, talks, uh, uh, and I joined that. But I didn't really want to help anyone. I uh, I was lost, and I was trying to find my own way. A few years later, he was retiring and asked me to to help, um, and I got involved. And um, I thought I, I was in between jobs. I was uh, jobless at the time. Uh, and so I said I'd help for six months. Um, but what happened was I started helping others. And it was remarkable that I could help others in the midst of my journey and my pain. Um, and I saw the impact on others. Uh, and that was infectious. Uh, and so, gosh, uh, yes, about 22 years ago, I, I sort of started uh, what was now Restored Lives. Um, and We've been going, yeah, for uh, a long time, and we've probably helped over thirty, uh, three thousand uh, adults 
through uh, divorce and separation and now helping um, children uh, through that process. Can you tell us a little bit about the national picture of divorce and separation at the moment? Because we hear these statistics and never quite sure how old they are. Um, and also, what's the picture like within the church? Is it any better, any worse? Is, this, is it the same? I mean, the important thing, I suppose, is the relationships is still the heart of every life and marriage is is still the best way of doing that. And so most people are, you know, in, in married couples, about 75 percent of people in uh, committed relationships are uh, a married couple, 25 percent cohabitating. And the great news is that actually the average length of marriage is probably around 30 years. Um, and it's it's great to be and I'm passionate about healthy relationships and marriages and we need to do all that we can to support them. Um uh, but obviously, the issue today is that marriage, um, um, as a concept of, for the UK, um, is, um, I suppose, having less of a uh, impact or uh, accessibility as it did 20, 30 years ago. Uh, and um, marriage is happening a lot later. Um, um, people are going much later and are a bit more reticent to going into it. In fact, now um, over half of all children born in the UK are born outside marriage to wow. an unmarried couple. Um, and it shows you the sort of shift. That's the first time, you know, in the last year that that's happened. And so, what, OK, so what's happening in relationship breakdown uh, around uh, approximately about 42 percent of marriages will break up. That's about Gosh. two in five marriages. 46% of UK children are not living with their um, either one of uh, with one of their natural parents by the age of 14. Mm. So that's 46 um, by the age uh, percent by the age of 14, and and it's it's a huge number. About 1.4 million children have seen their parents split over the last five years. Well, what about the Christian community? Is that any different? And there isn't that many statistics in the UK. In the US, there are uh, some surveys and, and statistics done there, and they don't make any difference, um, uh, you, uh, the Christian community into the non-Christian community. So we have to, wow. I suppose, assume that actually those statistics are similar to the Christian community. Um, and and the impact is, is huge. As much as it's, those are statistics, these are individual hurricanes you know category five hurricanes that come through a family um and devastate a family and all the the friends and um, family around that um another uh, statistic that i saw recently is uh, is that family breakdown is the single biggest factor impacting teenage mental health it's the biggest single factor so it it's it's something that is um uh, it's widespread and, uh, and devastating. And, and I've experienced that for my own self. It, it is it completely knocks you off for many years. Uh, and there's a time of recovery. Uh, and that's the same for adults who are going through it as well as children. But there is hope, you know, and, and what we've seen and experienced is that actually the things that we've been doing in the church through Restored Lives, through your direction, um, uh, can change that. You know, the church has the wisdom and the skills to reach out to people in difficulty and change lives uh, and it's uh, it's infectious it's love in action uh, and that's why I'm doing it. and I suppose that's why I'd love everyone else to be advocates to help in this situation because we can turn it around and, and make a difference. Yeah and praise God for that and um, relationships can be very up and down uh, it, it's it often is the case that 
that it's it's not a sort of a simple case of just going for kind of happily married to divorce. Often it's a, more of a journey than that. I want to ask you with relation to our children, because you mentioned the impact on children and young people. How can we help our kids through that whole process? How can we be honest with them about the problems we're experiencing without making things harder for them? Because I imagine there's quite a careful balance there of not hiding everything so it's a massive shock if the split does happen but also neither unsettling them unnecessarily how how do you kind of walk that tightrope well i i just say be authentic about the issues that um are in your relationship mm. uh, and to be brutally honest kids see that anyway you know yes. they'll see your conflict <laughs> well they i've i've remarried and they certainly see our ups and downs <laughs> um and um uh, but that's okay uh, yeah. what what i'd encourage you to do is to they will see the conflict but make sure they see the resolution of it mm. um make sure they see how you resolve it how you uh, work together to um yeah resolve your problems uh, in different ways um uh, but then forgiveness is a key part of ongoing uh, good conflict resolution. And so, you know, be, be able to resolve and let go. Um, and and th those are lots of different dynamics in a current relationship. But you can be honest with your children uh, because they will see it and, uh, and then be honest about the resolution or that there are still things that you're still trying to work through. We are all work in progress. There is no perfect marriage out there. So be open. You know, yes, I get irritated with my wife about this, uh, or, uh, but but we're working together and I'm working on my own reaction to that. That openness and authenticity will help children to see that actually, you know, one, there's nothing perfect, but also the key tools and skills for them to articulate their own issues and to be able to say, yeah, no, I find that irritating. And then you can work with them to say, OK, how do you want to resolve that? What are you going to do? What can you do? You know, I love how you broaden that the conversation. Actually, all marriages struggle from time to time. You know, I, I dread to think the kind of arguments and <laughs> kind of rampages that my children have heard uh, through, you know, what, what me and my husband have communicated with, with each other or how we've communicated sometimes. Um, but you're, you're so right. Actually, that can be an opportunity to teach those skills, to teach conflict res resolution. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes I hear Christians who say my, my solution for not getting divorced is simply that we won't talk about it or it's not on the table we won't it's it's not never going to be on the table uh, as a discussion topic and i think it's healthier and more proactive to actually say well what is it that we divorce over and it is actually you know differences and issues that we can't resolve and make that a proactive thing in all our uh, our, our lives um and and that's a healthy thing for for all of us yeah mm. Definitely. No, thank you for that. That's really helpful. One of our key tools at Parenting for Faith is framing. And and what you've described is, is perfect framing, really, of the, the ups and downs of a married relationship. And it's important for our children to understand, you know, this is what's happened. This is the issue. This is why we rub each other up the wrong way. This is how we're, we're living with it and working through it. And we're, we're trying to sort of accept God's help in, in, in changing and, and kind of growing towards one another or, or maybe maybe not maybe that's not not the conclusion but in in either case we can frame for our children what's going on and that's so healthy can you go into some more detail about the kinds of challenges that a child or a teenager might experience if their relationship sorry if their parents relationship ends and is there anything we can do about that as parents because it's a difficult time for us there's so much that we need to be doing 
during a divorce, but how can we parent well for faith in that time? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and and maybe we'll talk more about from the parent's perspective. You're absolutely right. You know, the parent has got so much on their minds, and and that's a, a core issue that you know you need to deal with. But let's look first at the children because I think it's really important to look at it from the children's perspective. Because I, as we work on the the Your Direction workshop and have been helping children, we we see that that actually there's very little talked about this in the you know in the public eye, and and one of the issues here is effectively that children have no voice. Their issues are sort of not discussed. And maybe there's various reasons for that. That adults, um, you know, will say, well, children are resilient um, or, you know, life will be better in the future. And there's a sort of proactive pro positivity to it. Um, and um, what we found is, though, that to, we need to build children's resilience uh, mm. and that's what we can do and that's what parents can do by giving them tools and skills to help them through the difficulties the issues they're having and so I, i've i've got four little areas um, which uh, are challenges for children first is the change and uncertainty there's a um, a boy who said this he said the rug had been pulled from beneath him and his family and it's a recognition of that sort of foundation of life is just pulled from them and changed. And there's change everywhere. There's uh, spending less time with parents. There's maybe moving house to house. The The support structure has completely changed. When parents separate, the support structure for each parent divides effectively. Broadly, people go on one side or another. And that impacts the child as well. Their support structure around them divides and and obviously there's loads of financial worries and trying to resolve um, the difficulties of financially uh, operating two homes let's say so what can you do as a parent you know i think just to be with them in that change and uncertainty as a parent you we want to be the problem solver we want to be the teacher the super parent we can come and resolve your issues and we have to take a deep breath and go we can't resolve this um, and and just mourn with them, I suppose, the loss and the change and be with them uh, and not become that problem solver and that, you know, parental thing that we'd love to be. Leave that for another day. Um, and in that change and uncertainty, just be patient and flexible with them. Secondly, expressing emotions. Children find it difficult to know what to say or to express it, what they're feeling. I mean, it's a whole, you see that in teenagers so much, they can't even, well, some of them can't <laughs> express themselves. Others, you know, will, will say lots of things and probably say hundreds of uh, expressions. But um, <laughs> it, it, it generally, they find it difficult to find the right emotion. And as well as that, you know, you as a parent will be preoccupied. There's no doubt you've got a lot of things on your mind and that's life. We have to accept that. So in enabling children to express their emotions, I would encourage you to listen well. Don't try not to lay on to them your emotions. Try not to distract the discussions onto you, but just allow them to express. Just encourage them with questions. What do you mean? You know, just do as many questions for them and listen well. And then also encourage them to journal or exercise, play sport, do all those things to get those emotions out of them. Be creative, draw pictures. You know, journaling is a very a powerful tool and many kids like that, but there's lots of other ways. Thirdly, they, they often have added responsibility and complexity. And, and some people, you don't 
see it or uh, understand it you know yes two christmases two birthdays two holidays you know their friends might say oh how lucky you are but for the children it's an added stress it's a burden it's a it's brutally don't you know managing two christmases is painful and takes time away from you being with your friend all that it's painful and it's difficult for them to to know what to say to one party which you know there are rules and that they can't say other things we can't talk about this or that in one family in one side of the family but you can in the other there are different chores at home you know we've got a uh, a boy on one of the last uh, workshops um, said he had to become the fix-it man he had to take the responsibilities of his father uh, two um, uh, girls young uh, adults from the one of the courses recently said they be, uh, we called them the sandwich girls from the age one of them from the age of eight and the other one from the age i think it was 12 had to make sandwiches for uh, uh, for themselves and their siblings um from eight to 18 the rest of their life was doing sandwiches and you know it was just one of the issues of all the responsibilities they had to take on um and then obviously you know step parents and step families step children you know the complexity increases massively for a child i'd encourage you one to listen but uh, help them to learn the boundaries of boundaries of what's too much for them what's their feeling this is too much i can't do this i'm finding it difficult to manage my work with this um and encourage them what what could you do what could you do to you know together what can you do um to make that better and to learn about boundaries uh, and maybe also speaking up sometimes children find it difficult to speaking up um and lastly sort of fourthly you know uh, how this story changes their story suddenly their story is different. They were in this type of story of family you know, you know, nucleus, uh, and now their story is different. And the stats are clear that children have worse life chances and even yeah, hard, harder issues that they have to deal with. So as much as you can do to minimize the difficulty of that changing story, what I mean by that is don't badmouth your ex in front of them in, in there, because every time you badmouth your ex, your children will take it personally. That sort of uh, expression of the, the kids are 50% dad, 50% mum. That's why they take it personally. If you say something, oh, dad's so lazy, they take it personally. So dad. as much as you can, don't don't badmouth your ex. Um, in You know, as much as you can, um, minimize the difficulties and the conflict that is in their vicinity. Try and keep it separate. And enable them just to concentrate about their their direction. That's why we call it your direction. But, you know, focus on your direction, what you can do at school, with your friends and that. I'll sort out the parental things together um, and, and try and minimize what you, I suppose, lay on top of, uh, share with them. Share with them the facts and things, but try not to share your emotions and the added complexities of life. Um, you mentioned your direction, and I'd love you to tell us more about what your direction is, because I just think it sounds amazing. We joined up with a, a great charity, a children's charity, Spurgeons, and together we created a, a five session workshop that basically brings together young people to talk about their parents' separation or divorce, um, sometimes for the first time ever to talk about it with other people. And to explore together the challenges and highlight the tools and skills that help. Um, and um, and what the workshop does is combine the experience of children who, uh, whose parents have separated um, together with the expertise of professional counsellors, coaches and parenting specialists. And 
And and so we joined that sort of experience of young adults together with the the professionals, if you like, uh, and, and to create a workshop, which is basically just um, uh, a discussion place with videos and content and practical tips to enable 12 to 30 year olds to be able to talk about the issues and get tools to help them and and really in in an overall way to navigate their parents break up and increase their own resilience their own well-being and actually in the end their own relationship skills because one of the key things that we've learned both through the adults course and your direction is the skills to help you through the crisis are actually the same skills that you need in a relationship they're relationship skills mm. um and uh, and so we go through th- key topics um on the workshop uh, of communicating well how to express yourself well understanding your feelings dealing with change and letting go and and those are all the core aspects that you need in the crisis situation of you, you know your immediate parents separation and and all the upheaval but it's all they they are also the key skills that you need in a relationship with your friends yeah. uh, at school uh, wherever at work uh, or a future partner uh, early days we're only just started so if there's anyone out there who wants to run a course that's what that's where what we're all about to try and run these courses face to face as much as we can across the country but we've got an online course a central on, online course that anyone can join up to um and and uh, it's been a, a remarkable journey the results have been exciting, remarkable. Uh, the well-being we, we we track well-being before and after, and, and those well-being scores have increased. And and the feedback. Uh, wow. Pe- pe- people use the terms life-changing, and, and it's sort of staggering um, that we can we can help people so so much in sort of a five-week. And for some people, it's an ongoing journey. I'm not saying that everyone has a life-changing experience, mm-hmm. but for even for some to be able to say that. Um, is great. We're kind of coming to the end of our time. It's been so interesting. And I just have two more questions to ask you, Eric, because I didn't want to leave these untouched. Uh, The first one, this is really going into quite sensitive area. As Christian parents in particular, I mean, divorce is really difficult for anybody. But I think I sense that for Christian parents, sometimes there can be added guilt, that this is not what we planned for ourselves, for our children. And if our marriage ends, we can kind of feel huge guilt and shame because this is, yeah, this, this is not what, what what we felt was was God's best for us. It's not worked. It's not, it's not worked out. What can you say to anyone who might be listening right now who's in that place? What can you say to encourage them? I'm inspired by Jesus because, um, you know, how he reacts to these situations is, is amazing because uh, the woman caught in the act of adultery is is one of those stories that maybe the mm. woman in the well there's lots of these stories but yeah. they are all indicative of god's love for people in difficult situation and and jesus doesn't judge he gives forgiveness he gives healing and he gives restoration and and enables people to walk away with dignity and um an ability to live a, a new life and and i suppose i would encourage you to um accept jesus's love in those situations yeah not just for other people who've done wrong to you but also for the things that we have done i have done that you have done um and he offers freedom and hope today for yeah. that and and I've had to go through that of accepting that love and giving him, letting go of that pain and hurt, and um, 
um, uh, and forgiving others, but also forgiving myself of stop holding it against me and ho stop holding it against someone else. Stop blaming someone else and stop blaming myself and allow God's grace to come um, and, and to do that. And, and the difficulty is that we have to do that day after day it's not yeah. just a one-off act mm -hmm. um for others who've done difficult horrible things to you but also for the things that you have done and accept that grace because it is the path of freedom for you and your children uh, and we have to model it um well i suppose i'd say actually to model it we have to experience it so there's no point in even trying to do it for your children unless you go through that path. And that's a difficult thing. Yeah. And I'm I'm work in progress on that. But yeah, so go for it. Try it out. Uh, it is the path of freedom. Two verses come to mind. One is one that a friend at university always used to quote at me whenever I was expressing any form of guilt whatsoever. He'd always sort of smile at me and with a wink in his eye, I'd say Romans 8, 1, which is there's <laughs> no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And the other verse um, is uh, about it, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. And that sense that, sorry, I can't give the reference to anyone listening. I'll pop it in the show notes, maybe. Uh, it was for freedom, you know, this freedom that can be ours. I love what you said about it. It's today, you know, it can be yours today, but it is also a daily process of going through that, that journey too. One of our key tools at Parenting for Faith is unwinding wrong views of God that our children may have picked up from the media or from school or friends or whoever. And I think in this situation, what I hear you saying is we can, we can show our children that God is not a God who is wanting to punish us and wanting to kind of, you know, make life as hard for us as, as possible. He's a God full of love and grace and forgiveness. He's slow to anger and rich in mercy. And and it sounds like what you're saying is this is a, an opportunity to accept that for ourselves, but also to, to model that for our children. Even if our own marriage hasn't worked out, what we long for our children's future is that they, if they get married, will have long lasting, happy healthy marriages what can we do to model healthy marriage when we're not married ourselves and particularly if our children may have witnessed a marriage that wasn't functioning that wasn't healthy what can we do to kind of set them off on the right track for their own marriages the first point is what i said already that get your own act in order you know don't in a way focus on yourself and your own relationships your own tools and skills that you use and that's why i'd encourage anyone who's been separated or um, divorced even if it's a long time ago do the courses or do the relationship courses come on restored lives as the adults course because it's 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 great at learning the skills and tools to fully let go of that past and grab your future um and and choose your future uh in a in a great uh, positive way using those tools and skills and then once you utilize all those tools and skills of understanding your own emotions well being able to listen well being able to express those well uh, problem solving forgiving letting go in an easy way which open brackets is work in progress for all of us um, but for for us to try that then we can have healthy conversations with our children then when you're going through it with a difficult situation at work or with someone at the you know, school door then you can talk honestly and authentically with your child to say maybe i should have expressed that better i'll go back and and try and do that better and then it's modeling that's yep. that's good healthy modeling rather than a teaching and saying this is what you want to do and, and yes. we can do some of that but then we have to be humble to be able to say <laughs> and I, i'm trying that as well what um, the talk to yes exactly um, but the, but the brilliant thing is even though the stats uh, would 
read badly for both uh, adults on a second marriage or for children of uh, separated uh, parents. These, uh, you know, I, I've seen it in action uh, of uh, of children. We had a a thirty year old who went through your um, your direction, and it's changed her marriage. Um, wow. She actually went through because of the issues she had with her parents, which were about 10 years ago. Um, uh, but it's changed her relationship with her husband because of that. And it's obvious, you know, our parents um, come into our relationship, not, let's say, physically, but emotionally. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All yeah. those parental things somehow come in mm. uh, down from cutting the you know Sunday roast to, you know, how we react. Um, but uh, and and so how uh, how we deal with that uh, and how we talk about that is is key uh, and those tools and skills um, uh, I think are brilliant. Eric your time has been so gratefully received today thank you for sharing so much expertise I just feel this has been such a helpful conversation I've learned lots I'm sure those listening will have done as well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's a privilege thank you so much for inviting me so thank you. Wow, what a helpful conversation. Thank you so much to Eric and to Lucy for chatting about that. And just to make really clear that all the links to Restored Lives and Your Direction, plus the Bible references that Lucy Lucy mentioned, are in the show notes. Um, I'm not sure that we said that in the interview, but just whatever app you're listening to, or if you're listening to this on the website, just scroll down and you'll find all the links there. But as you know, we like to end our podcast with a question that you can ask your child or teenager this week to have an interesting conversation. And this week's question is, what's something surprising or disappointing that has happened to you recently? Remember, be ready to share, be ready to frame your own experiences as well. We hope you have a really good conversation. We're going to be back next week looking at the topic of self-harm and eating disorders. Now, as I always say, that might not be something that's relevant to you right now, but we would love you to still listen in to see if it's something that you can recommend to a friend or family member to pray for your brothers and sisters who are experiencing this, even if you don't know anyone personally at the moment. Um, And just to be equipped to have a bit more awareness of these issues. And um, yeah, it should be a really interesting conversation. So see you next week for that one. Bye. Bye.